microphone keeps disappearing and it's, it's freaking me out just a little in the bit. wilderness like did you learn magic while I we wish. were away I wish. <laughs> one day one of these days i'm gonna learn magic hashtag magic magic is goals oh and you're listening to oddity files the podcast i'm kitsy duncan <laughs> and i'm nick floyd Jeez. Magic. I love magic though <laughs> we're both like oh magic yep oh so not a whole lot going on here. Um, to be perfectly honest, I'm stuck in the dungeon. When Well, we got together with the family this weekend, spent a little time in the pool, covered with bug bites oh. on one side of my body. No. Um, I don't know if we've had the... There are bugs in southern Indiana that are not in northern Indiana where I grew up. They're these ants. They look like ants, but they have wings. And when they bite you, it is the most painful fucking thing in the world. And then it itches for like four weeks afterwards. I still don't know what they're called. Everybody down here calls them sweat bees. Oh, yeah, I know those. Sweat bees to me are little yellow and black like mini bees. Yeah. That don't hurt you. These are fucking carnivorous. Yeah. Oh, God. What a terror was a murder hornets. Oh. Just well, we do get we do get the cow killer ants down oh, here. Oh shit! I didn't realize those were that uh, inland. Me neither. Until I saw one, and we searched it up on YouTube, and watched this guy who purposely gets bit by stuff. Oh yeah, what's his name? Uh, Coyote um, Peterson. Probably. It's been a couple years, but he. He let the, the cow killer ant bite him, and he's like, this is literally worse than death. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, good. My thing is, like, would they bite you? Like, would they intentionally throw down? I mean, maybe if you, like, stepped in a nest of them, but, like, would they sting you? I don't know. I don't want to find out. I don't either. <laughs> I mean, if you want to come next time I find one, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly save it for you. Um, but no. Yeah, save it for me and we'll make it a new Patreon level. See Nick get stung by the cow killer ant. Uh, three... And Kitsy eats hot sauce. And Kitsy eat... eats hot sauce and while Nick gets stung by the cow killer ant for $5,000. Exactly. No, <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, I know how to raise some money. So let's not. Okay, fair. I was gonna say that maybe that feels unfair. Like you have, you get, you're getting off easy with hot sauce. I'm sitting here getting stung by a fucking cow killer. Oh yeah, no, no, but bugs are just awful. I am the official family spider assassin, mm. but Chris is also the official family snake killer. So. Oh yeah, no snakes for me. That's a hard pass. Yeah. Do we ghosts all day, no snakes. Amen. Amen to that. And and mice freak me out too. I think it's just because my mom used to always tell me they were covered in disease. <laughs> um I think it was a you know, like not that she was alive during that plague with the rats. They but... brought the plague. <laughs> 
did we ever figure out where COVID came from? I was thinking about this the other day. Remember when there was that huge story that- It was the bat. It was uh, manufactured, for lack of a better term right now, because I'm super spacey today, in a lab. And then it was released. Was that debunked? I don't know anything anymore. I feel like all of COVID has debunked itself in that no yeah. one is talking about it anymore, and here we are. I, it's, I don't you know, know what's what. It takes me two years to go, hey, where'd that COVID come from? Anybody yeah. ever figure that out? Nope. It's, <laughs> that's just how shit goes, though. Like, everyone is so, you know, it's, I always say, if, if you can get, keep somebody talking about a Netflix show for more than two weeks, you have clearly done the impossible. Because even with things that affect us, news, stuff like that, it sticks around for a minute and then it's just gone. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of the Netflix thing, even in the photo ops world, it's like when Stranger Things comes out, those photo ops sell like gangbusters. A month later, we'll we'll sell handfuls here and there. It's it's, Netflix is, is weird like that. Yeah. Also, side note, and this is going to be a kind of a change of topic, a conversation for us, but I saw on the on the social medias that Owen Wilson was doing a convention, and that convention was put on uh, seemingly by Six Flags in Texas. Yeah. It's put on, on by Celebrity Fan Fest. I will be there in San Antonio, and but the event's happening at the Six Flags. That's such an interesting perspective because you got Six Flags advertising on everything. It's ten yeah. days. It's t- I yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a Comic Con scenario. That's a long yeah. fucking time. I don't know anything that's ten days except film I, festivals. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm super stoked about it. Not gonna lie, it that weekend is a three show weekend for CPO. I will be in San Antonio, though, so I'm pretty stoked. I, I want to meet Ewan. I really oh, do. Right. Moulin Rouge, are you kidding me? The, the, the uh, you know, I think a lot of actors and stuff with delays and all that, they, they, um, they these conventions are fortunate because I don't think this is going to be a forever thing um, with these super, super A-list actors like Ewan and Owen and all this stuff. I think they're in between shows and it's all potentially like a part of these press tours like Owen Wilson doing it would is great press for Loki because Loki's still on and it's going to be so it's smart but then seeing that it was at Six Flags I was like this is brilliant because you're not having to pay to rent a convention center or this you know Six Flags is in bed because people are going to come to the show and also attend Six Flags it's so cool I'm super stoked about it yeah yeah, so I'll I'll, cool. I'll fill you in. I'll let you know how it goes. Will I ride a roller coaster? Probably not. Oh, you gotta do it. You gotta. I dumb. gotta get an awkward prom photo with you and McGregor. Got I know. Hundred percent. And, and Owen. So Both Hayden kind of scares me. I don't know why. I think it's a whole Anakin thing. <laughs> I met him briefly, um, pre-COVID, but and he was lovely. He was actually a, a great guy. But I don't know. Some people I just get starstruck, and I'm like, I, I, I awkward prom. I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I'll never forget the first one I think I ever did was funny enough in Texas with Karen Gillan, and uh, this was pre Jumanji as well. And and I I remember like awkwardly trying to explain it to her. 
Oh, because they don't have prom. That's the first thing they say if they're from the UK. Yeah. Oh, we don't have prom. What is that? Yeah. And I was like super nervous because I had seen her in some like independent stuff. Like I, to me, she was someone that was like, this is really cool for me. I'm excited. I'm meeting you. And she's just like, no, 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 no. I got it. And she just ripped my hands, like grabbed me by the wrist and like wrapped them around her waist and just, and, and it just happened. And it was great. And that was yeah. the first of what went to be me following in your footsteps and, and <laughs> getting many, including with <laughs> some with you and, and some other actors. <laughs> it was great. It's fun. You know, when you get as many photo ops as somebody who works in the convention world ends up getting, you have to finally just figure out a pose and stick with that. Yeah. Because it's impossible to come up. Like Chris Evans, I've done the Aqua Prom. So now every time I see him, I have to come up with something new. So I, I try to pull stuff from the movies with him. The last time I said, okay, so you're going to hold my hand and we're going to have our back to the camera and we're both checking out each other's ass. Okay. <laughs> he goes, okay, sure. <laughs> well, it's also such a great icebreaker. I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand because conventions are such a weird space as far as like this is your job this is what you do it's such a great icebreaker because a lot of people who attend conventions don't understand that there are events that happen where there's an actor who comes that hasn't come before and what's the best way to break the ice than an, an awkward photo op mm-hmm. because in those few seconds you have that moment and that's when you make your impression and some of the best relationships that I've built from a professional perspective were in that photo ops room that's okay. where it was. So it's, yeah. you know, it's... Well, that's it, where I met you, so... Yeah. Yes, it is. And here we are. Look how far, look how, look how far we've come. <laughs> I'm so glad we're still in each other's lives. I'm just putting that out there. Okay, right. enough shop talk. People are like, what are you guys talking like, about? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even have any. Uh, the thing is, I'm just milking it because I don't have updates. Mysterious Nashville took time off, um, <laughs> off last week. They um, they did some stuff on TikTok. They did tell me to listen to the podcast. So hello, Mysterious Nashville, if you're listening to this one as well. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Um, it, yeah, it, they've done some like TikTok hide and seeks, which were really cool. Um, it kind of confused some of us because we're like, TikTok, you haven't really used. And they were just sort of hiding um, random objects like video games and just random stuff for for people on TikTok to go find, and it was a fun kind of kind of lull uh, in between stuff. I imagine they're regrouping, they're looking at everything they've done so far, and building up to this gathering we have that is tomorrow. By the way, oh yay! Um, super excited about that. Uh, I was gonna say they're prepping for your going away party. Yeah, it's the big going away party. They we did get some updates from Jacob, um, and I started following Jacob. Good. Good. It's it's interesting. I mean, the last thing he posted was like a dead catfish on the road, and yeah. the uh, Tate uh, Tate the state fish of Tennessee is the channel catfish. So we're like, oh, things are coming together. It's going to be okay. interesting. But um, the most impressive thing that happened was one of our participants were in. They were in Florida on uh, vacation. They were just going down for the weekend, and she had made a cobbler. And DM'd Mysterious Nashville and said, hey, I will leave the cobbler in an undisclosed location for you, but I, I baked you something. So they gave her you know, a place to drop it. She dropped it. They took it. Whatever. She was in Florida, and they DM'd her coordinates at 
8 a.m. or something crazy like that. And she was confused because she said, well, this is in Florida. This can't be right. And they said, no, that's right. And so they, oh my gosh. they hid a gift for her in the place she was vacationing for the weekend. Oh my nuts. god, that's so amazing! Yeah, it was it was insane. So that that was a fun little like it riled, it got us all riled up, and it was a good time. But um, yeah, it, it was a relatively quiet weekend. All in all, we have our theories as to where things are going, but we'll find out tomorrow. Which I'll I'll have a bigger update um, the podcast after this one. So okay. ne- on next week's episode, I'll have I'll have more an update, but. Nothing Very really. Cool. Nothing well, really. You've been you've been busy, so that their timing could not have been better. It worked out. I, I was glad because <laughs> I got to pack and I got to uh, you know it was Father's Day weekend, so I got to kind of hang out um, and do some more packing. <laughs> yeah. Happy Father's Day to you. Yes. And I you know I hadn't I hadn't watched a movie in a long time, and I watched um, a, a horror movie. Which I haven't watched a horror movie in a long time, but it's a new horror movie called Censor that um, that just came out. I, I missed it at Sundance. It came out Friday, and it takes place in the eighties in in the UK, and it follows this woman who is a a, a horror movie censor. So she watches all these schlock horror movies be yeah. 80s horror movies and she decides what passes or fails or what has to get cut as far as grossness goes and uh her sister went missing when she was a, a little girl so she's been sort of haunted by that and a film comes across her desk and in it is a actress who looks very much like the grown-up adult version of her sister oh and my. so she sort of becomes unhinged it, it's fucking crazy and it takes some weird twists and turns but i recommend it i think it's uh, i don't know it's very supernatural it's it's a vibe like the movie okay. is a vibe i you so, know uh, that like that's it. very intriguing that review that it's a vibe i like that well it's all the neon colors and 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 there are some really cool uh jump scares but the whole movie the tone of it is just it's it's funny. There are moments that are funny, but it's a very unsettling watch. It's it's like an hour and twenty minutes. It's very short, but the whole time you feel very uncomfortable. And the way the movie sort of wraps up, I was just sitting there like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, I'm not good at uncomfortable. As uncomfortable as I can get is like watching The Office. Curb your enthusiasm. Far too uncomfortable for me. Couldn't watch it. Oh. Um. Arrested Development, uncomfortable, but enough. I, I fucking loved Arrested Development. Well, before it went to Netflix. I couldn't really get into the Netflix version of it. So right. uncomfortable horror. I'm not sure how I'll feel about that. Well, it's just it's it uses everything so well because it'll go from one really quiet scene where she's sort of contemplative and doing her thing. And then the next scene that you smash cut to is like some grotesque 80s. Uh, scene of someone's like eyeball getting poked or whatever. Oh, I mean, wow. it's it's just the way that it's all cut is so interesting, and you know something's coming. You know it's building to something, and so when you finally get to that that home stretch of this last 15, 20 minutes of the movie, it's just uh, gloves come off, 
uh, and it's very like David Lynch. It's insane. Love it. It's truly insane. Yeah, highly recommended if you're a horror fan, especially if you grew up with like 80s uh, VHS top shelf, uh, not even rated faces of death shit. Uh, highly recommended. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. I never watched any of those. I was terrified. People were like, my God, people are really dying. And it's like, dude, it's so rad. And it's so like, oh, my God. That's how we talked in the 80s, you know. And I was like, nope, I'm out. Friday the 13th scared me enough. (laughs) There was something really magical about, about video stores. And I know that many of our listeners lived through that era, which is great, like myself. Uh, but there was something magical about, you know, you walk in the video store and they have the whole wall of new releases, shit you heard of, mm-hmm. all the, and then everything else is basically no man's land. It's the wild west. So you, you go and you're looking, you look for a rating on the back of these, these boxes and it's just some movie that it feels like someone shot, put in a box and put out in the video store. And there's something so magical about that. Cause some of the shit you find is wild uh not not just horror movies like family movies that were just like how did this get made you know? <laughs> <laughs> who put this here but it's amazing and it's not like you could edit it in your office back then no. either it in- includes splicing and shit back like literal with an exacto knife splicing <laughs> there was a process it wasn't like you make a movie and then upload it to a digital space where people can pay to rent it this was a there was a filmmaking process that had to occur and you had to be able to put it to tape and get those tapes into the stores. But there were, I would say there were more like odd movies like that than there were new releases or blockbuster releases, so to speak. Um, And it was just insane. So when you found that one, you felt almost like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this, but I am. But I'm (laughs) so going to watch it. Speaking of uh, VHS, I've just re-binged through Schitt's Creek. I can't watch it enough. I love it so much. Moira is literally my spirit animal. I wish I was a little more self-absorbed like she was, but sometimes I care too much, and it sucks. But <clears throat> I it's like my new – it used to be like Friends or Supernatural. You know, I just – hit it on repeat when I'm doing stuff around the house. I just it's just such a beautiful story. So if anybody is is into funny, quick, like six seasons go you can watch in a day and a half. It's ridiculous. They're half hour episodes. So good. I cannot recommend it enough. And Dan Levy is so magical to follow on all the social networkings. He's stunning, gorgeous, and I think um I can't remember her last name. Annie Peterson, I think she's got a new show coming out as well about a husband that's terrible. It's like everybody fucking loves him and she doesn't. So, yeah, Yeah, I heard it was good. I know it just came out. I mean, I were a week late, but I know it just came out. I think it aired this weekend. Um, I heard it was really good. Really? She's amazing. Yeah, they're all so, I mean, they're all just so damn great. And I'm just, I'm such a huge believer in, half hour comedies half hour i mean i can't get enough of half hour comedy television it's just it's so easy yeah it's not exhausting (laughs) no 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 not at all um i think that's it i think i've done nothing 
paranormal just you know the promos over at paranormal x road on facebook i've been doing my tap in tuesdays uh check all those out kj's been editing up our little timey wimey adventure where we pretend like we're ghost hunting for doctor who and it well mr doctor's what i decided i was going to call him while i was improving. And uh, it's been so much fun. Absolutely. We put up our first stretch goal. We have eight lav mics that somebody paid for for us. So I am so stoked. Audio is a goddamn struggle. Oh, I can do it sitting in here just fine. Yeah. But you have people talking and air conditioners blowing or heaters blowing and oh my god it's been my nemesis since i started creating reality paranormal shows <laughs> oh yeah it's been the topic of a lot of you and i's conversation but that's what i mean they always say you can if you can give people two options you can give them a shitty blurry grainy image with shit audio or with clean audio sorry or you can give them a super crisp 4k resolution image with shit audio and which do people prefer and they usually prefer the shitty visual with the super clean audio um to me so it's it's so important but it's so damn difficult to achieve it really is always and i thought we had it down and then now all of a sudden there's a new hiss on the lav mics i already had so i don't know i am ridiculously excited about it and um all the stuff, my life revolves around this Kickstarter, people. So please, if you find it in your heart, head on over to Paranormal Crossroad. You can spell it out, C-R-O-S-S-R-O-A-D, if you'd like, because KJ is the queen of domain names. Or you can go to ParanormalXroad.com and still get to our Kickstarter. Um, Ursula created something today, because um, I keep pulling the kickstart my heart because you know i'm an 80s girl and motley crew and um ursula put together one of her photoshops in the px roadies group on facebook where i get to play vince neal patches is tommy lee and i don't know the other guys names but it's tiffany and kj so it's fucking hilarious that's incredible so good um jess why don't you tell us a little something about what's going on in the sky, you wonderful, wonderful human being, you. Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. The entire week is going to be dominated by the Saturn-Uranus square, so I'm going to handle this week's forecast a little differently because the pattern that's in play is likely to be experienced as a series of interconnected events, some of which may harken back to stuff that first came up in January. We've talked about the Saturn-Uranus square a couple of times, but to recap, it's the signature aspect of 2021. When all is said and done, it will have repeated three times, once in mid-February, once about two weeks ago, and a final time coming up in December. Saturn is in Aquarius and Uranus is in Taurus. Saturn is moving through the sign of innovation and deciding what traditions need to stay put. Uranus is slogging through the sign of material resources and values and giving that shit a much needed but fiercely resisted update. Each time they ping each other with a square, massive amounts of tension are generated over what stays and what needs to go the way of the dinosaur already. Enter Mars. Last week, I discussed Mars's opposition to Saturn, which was exact yesterday. 
What I didn't get into was the fact that that opposition was only the beginning of a big old heaping pile of bullshit. You see, Saturn and Uranus aren't exactly square each other anymore, but they're less than a degree away from being exact. The square is separating, so the energy is waning, but that's more than good enough for government work. Mars and Leo didn't just oppose Saturn then. He's triggering the whole damn thing. In fact, he moves into an exact square with Uranus tomorrow. Then, for good measure, Venus will come along and repeat the sequence, opposing Saturn on Tuesday the 6th and squaring Uranus on Thursday the 8th. Venus won't have quite as much of an impact as Mars will, for a couple of reasons. First off, she's a benefit planet. She's bumping up against two titans, and she's certainly outmatched. But she isn't looking for trouble the way Mars does. And second, by the time Venus moves into position next week, the primary square between Saturn and Uranus will have separated to a distance of three degrees. So there will be some breathing room. Not much, but some. Mars, on the other hand, he means business. He's locking these two titans in an uber-tense configuration known as a T-square. This can, and most likely will, cause violence to erupt, quite suddenly. It's like a dog who's happily being pet. Then he suddenly bears his fangs, unleashes a guttural growl, and the next thing you know, you're bleeding from three puncture wounds in your arm. It's fast, it's angry, and it leaves a scar. Don't believe me? Well, let me remind you about what happened back in January. Whether you believe it was an insurrection or not, the events of January 6th were not the best look on our country. And guess who was pinging the Saturn-Uranus square as it was perfecting back in January? You guessed it, Mars. Now, I'm not suggesting that anything rising to that level of insanity will happen again, but it could. And at the very least, you'll feel this tension in the collective energy field. All of us will to some degree. So take it really, really slowly this week. And if you're familiar with your chart and you know what house Scorpio is in, do your best to direct some energy there. That's the only fixed sign that's not involved in this mess. And it's going to be the best way to relieve tension constructively if and when shit hits the fan. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Jess, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Um... I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't actually hear her astrology report till the day before I upload the podcast. So I'm hoping it's good news. I've got my fingers crossed. Nick does too. I think he he might even have his legs crossed. I'm not sure. I so do. yes, good good vibes everywhere. I do have some paranormal in the news. This one comes to us from the Daily Beast. Mm. And the headline is, New Discovery Highlights How Jews and Christians were once naughty with magic. An ancient magic amulet found in northern Israel is just more evidence on of how the religious two millennia ago turned to less than sanctioned sources of protection. This warmed my heart. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> Back when people were a little more open-minded, the Israeli Antiquities Authority recently released an announcement about their acquisition of an ancient magical amulet, reportedly from Arbel in northern Israel, that bears the divine name of God. The 5th, 6th century CE magical device, which was worn to ward off evil, was apparently found at the site of an ancient synagogue. 
The discovery is making waves because in popular understandings, at least, ancient Jews were not supposed to be able to participate in magic. According to the press release, the bronze amulet is inscribed with four Greek letters, I-A-W-O, with a little squiggly in the middle, representing the Jewish divine name Yahweh, spelled Y-A-H-W-E-H. The teardrop-shaped amulet was designed to be worn as a pendant around the neck. The front of the pendant shows a haloed rider on a galloping horse. The rider holds a spear that he, he... the writer holds a spear that he is moves in the direction of that he is moving, I think is what this website was supposed to put in the direction of a female figure who lies on her back on the ground. The woman is thought to be Gello or Jello, G-E-L-L-O, a demon who is sometimes associated with infertility or infant mortality. The divine name appears beneath the horse's hooves and above the rider. A Greek inscription declares, the one God conquers evil. The backside of the pendant shows an eye being pierced by arrows and a trident-shaped object, while a menagerie that includes a snake, scorpion, bird, and two lions attack. The eye is a common representation of the evil eye, a malevolent force that many who lived around the ancient Mediterranean attempted to ward off with talismans, protective objects, and other ritualized protective measures. So it goes on and on and on about how, well, I mean, even today, religions, you're not supposed to mess with the magic because Lord only knows why. I don't even want to know. Um, but I I really liked that story. I, You know what? It's no different than... Um, a good luck charm, you know, really, yeah. honestly, uh, I literally, I, we talked about this last week, my, my little evil eye made with, uh, the Kabbalah red string around it is supposed to be good luck and protect you from evil. And I don't know. I just, I just wish people would open themselves up to more than they were taught as children. Well, it's so interesting. I have a really hard time understanding the the lack of uh, willingness to open your mind. Because even when we're talking biblically, we've all been preconditioned uh, growing up, especially those growing up with any form of religious background. That when these things happened from a uh, religious perspective with the plagues and with these things that are occurring, the things that you ward off, um, the, the dream catcher effect, right? So whether you're covering your your front door with um, the blood of so-and-so to ward off the locusts or whatever it is that you're doing, there's always been magic to counter this evil magic that has existed throughout religious history. So I I have a really hard time understanding that we're so close-minded to something that's been so on the forefront of conversations yeah. from a uh religious perspective. So I'm like where what 
what wires got crossed at what point? Exactly. I just don't know. It, when did become anything ritualistic become evil and satanic? And, you know, I, I think about your morning ritual. You get up, you poop, you have some coffee. <laughs> And then you, I smoke a cigarette in there somewhere, and then I eat breakfast. So, and the whole time I'm checking Facebook. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever works to each their own, I guess. But yes, I do. I do think uh, a lot of people do hold. I guess it comes down to like what is what what is definition of magic? <laughs> like that's I think where the line is. Is I think a lot of people get lost in what is magic and. I think all it is is intention. Yes. It's all it is. Any magician will tell you that magic is not that of fiction. Magic is that of intention. So it's just, it comes down to, to that. I mean, would you call someone who uh, charges their stones and gems with sunlight because they give off different auras to them with their meditative practices, would you call that magic? Absolutely. Um but not fictional magic. It's intentional magic. So right. I, I don't know. People confuse me, but again, the society as a whole confuses me at times with the things that we choose to uh, die on a hill for, I guess. Literally. And he, here's what it all, all boils down to. I've done my research on voodoo, on uh, Wicca, on on all the things, and they're they are all beautiful religions in their own right as well. And they are religions. They're just a different religion. And sadly, I am stepping on my soapbox. If people don't understand something, it's evil and it's the devil. So uh, even voodoo, uh, there's so many, there's saints just like Catholicism. It's it's very, very similar to Catholicism that was just born in Africa. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. and it's what it means to different culture. Like, culturally speaking, it's entirely different as well. But you think back to, like, Salem witch trial type shit, where a lot of the witchcraft that occurred, it, were, it went two ways, right? It went one way where they were healers, where they would do something that someone wouldn't understand. If someone was sick, mm-hmm. if someone was dying, if someone... They didn't know back then. Yeah. Uh, they had very simplified, simplistic medicines. So if someone came in and supposedly healed this person and they're deemed as using witchcraft for doing something good and you want to burn them at the stake because you don't think that they have some aura or energy or knowledge that you might not have or vice versa, where the same shit of like if someone pissed someone else off and that person wished ill will or ill intention on someone and that thing came true from a dumbed down perspective yeah. many 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 moons ago it, what's the difference of, of the saying that we have of good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people right so if someone's an asshole to me and i'm like oh you're gonna get what's coming to you it doesn't mean i'm a fucking witch it means nope. that person's a dickhole <laughs> like, and and got it themselves into every mess they've ever been presented <laughs> it's, it's i don't know the oh my dog's about to bark hey it's um, yeah. It's all intention, and it is. It's all what you make of it, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, open, open your mind up to stuff. Talk about things with people. Um, inject your own uninformed opinion 
into something else, but just listen to people and share right. and talk to each other because you'll be able to have discovery. I feel like street smarts is just gone. <laughs> like, Literally. Something I just, happened. It, it absolutely is. And everybody else, people are knee jerk reaction as humans. It, I don't feel like it was always like this was to react over, listen and learn about the situation that just happened. So you can understand their standpoint no they just want to go i fucking hate you and you should die you know yeah so it's, it's over too, it it's too easy to do that and and i always think back to like uh the the original in fact i was talking to my to my daughter about this recently but uh i think back to the original world of war of the world's radio broadcast and everyone was like this is it we're, we're dead we're all dying yeah. this is the end I feel like it didn't take long for some of them to step back, sit down and go, okay, let's talk about the realistic perspective to see here. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now people are so quick to be like, no, I don't want to talk about it. Like I know what I think about it and that's the end of it. But if you talk collectively about it, which I feel this whole aliens, not aliens, this whole UFO declassified bullshit if you talk to someone else about it who has an open mind, you can come to a realistic conclusion about what it might or might not be, what it could or could not be. Yeah. But also there are other people who don't want to talk about it, who know exactly what it is, think they do at least, or people who are like, that's fucking dumb. I don't want to talk to you about it, so I'm not going to. That's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> you no. Know? No. We have both climbed up on our so- so- uh, pep soap boxes. And getting all philosophical and shit. I don't know. I feel like it's just been needed to be said for a hot goddamn minute. You know what I know, though? You tell the first story, sir. Well, it's funny. I I didn't know, and I was hoping I did, because this is this whole magic talk is a perfect segue. Oh, get out. (laughs) Into my story, which is great. Yay. Uh, But before I jump into the story, I do want to say that everyone who listens to this podcast, everyone who talks and has conversations in the Facebook groups, um, you are a part of of listening and observing and trying to find understanding and things. And the more people that we have like you who are listening, I think the better world that we will have um, from an enlightenment perspective and from a... Uh, less doomsday focused, more present focused. And I think we all need to be more present. So to everyone who's listening, you guys are awesome. Yes. And I was not calling any of you guys those terrible people. That's <laughs> you listen to this because you you do listen and you don't react. And I was just kind of venting on all of you guys, not calling you out by any means because I don't think if anybody like that would listen to this podcast, they'd stick around very long. So yeah. I, if, if you thought I was going after y'all, I was not. And I'm going to apologize. Once Nick said that, I'm like, oh, shit. What if they think I was picking on them? Oh, no I was way. not. <laughs> no way. No. Open-mindedness. The, the easiest way for open-mindedness to, to begin for anybody is to start observing and uh, finding interest in things that uh, you don't really understand becoming um uh what's the word purveyors is that the word of the of the unknown of the mysterious and that's what a lot of uh, every listener is and why they listen to this podcast is like that's right 
You're interested. Yay, go so. us. All Hooray. of us. Good people. Good people. Okay, so let's talk about some magic, shall we? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> what a what a, a fascinating Okay, anyway. Um, so this is a story that I found very interesting. Um, sometimes I go through some really weird Google search terms when I am trying to find the story that I'm in the mood to, to tell and share. And this is a combination of what could or might have been a true story uh, and is actually honored every year um, for its uh combination of fact and fiction and so this is the story of uh, a, a character who i love very much and that is a little character called the alligator man Ooh. so we're gonna dig into this it's a it's yeah. a it's a fun it's a, it makes me laugh it's sad but it makes me laugh there was a fisherman who enjoyed nothing more than watching the local ladies go swimming in the Magdalena River. He was a pervert. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. Just don't touch people. <laughs> it gets worse. Not surprisingly, <laughs> the women who were uh, the women were not too fond of his eerie and uh, lustful gazes. There was nothing subtle about the way that he devoured them with his eyes from afar. Repulsed. Okay, I'm going to take my previous statement back. <laughs> That's wrong. Don't, because I'm like, God, if that was me, I'd be pissed. I know, okay, I was going to so, say, you spoke too soon. I did. Uh, it, gets, it just gets worse. Uh, repulsed by his stares, they would yell at him when they spotted him lurking in the reeds. They did nothing to deter our lusty hero. However, he realized he needed a disguise so he could get closer. Fucking pervert. <laughs> Now, this was a time when Colombia, like the rest of the Caribbean, was filled with magic. It's a cultural thing. Combining influences, like Kitsu was saying, of West African religion, indigenous practices, and Catholic trappings, new forms of faith and magic blossomed across the region. This very I'm telling you, we were just in sync on this one. We've been doing that a lot lately. It's weird. Yeah, we have. <laughs> The fisherman didn't have to travel too far to find a brujo, which is a witch. The brujo gave the fisherman two potions, a red one that would transform him into an alligator, and a white one that would transform him back into a man. It sounds like a real fucked up Disney fairy tale, but... It literally. <laughs> what could go wrong, right? Yeah. According to the plan, the fisherman would go down to the riverbank where the brujo waited with the potions. After being anointed... With the red potion, he would go swimming in alligator form and feast his eyes on the naked women who were apparently less troubled by reptiles than they were horny fishermen. <laughs> oh, no, they're both pretty dangerous, I have a feeling. <laughs> Absolutely. When he had finished with his viewing pleasures, like the freak that he was, he would return to the riverbank and the brujo would apply the white potion. I was wondering how he would put the potion on himself with no opposable thumbs. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, the Brujo is just sitting here, like, helping the cause, uh, whatever. Amazing human being. <laughs> so awful. Uh, one day, however, the Brujo had to leave in a hurry. He gave the task of tran the transforming the fisherman back into human form to a friend. That poor soul was expecting the fisherman, not an alligator. 
In shock, he dropped the vial, spilling its contents in the process. The white elixir was swallowed up by the marshes, all but one drop. Uh One drop, which landed on the alligator's head. (laughs) Which transformed our, our... anti-hero, our Hero. villain, our villain, our villain, our vi- yeah, for sure. which transformed our villain, his upper torso, back into human form, leaving everything else in the shape of an alligator. Oh, God. <laughs> Thus was born El Hombre Cayman, a.k.a. the Alligator Man. Well, you know, no good, no, no bad deed goes unpunished. There we go. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> now, one would think that the Brujo could fix this situation. Uh, but unfortunately, whatever business called him away literally called him away. The fisherman's mother went looking for the magician who only to find that he had died, leaving her son as this half-mutated alligator man. <laughs> well, maybe if she'd have tossed her son some fucking manners. Yeah, maybe her son wasn't an absolute shit show of a human being. Mm -hmm. Not even the girls of the Magdalena River could bear the sight of the monstrous alligator man. They stopped bathing in the Magdalena, leaving him despondent, alone. Oh, poor guy. (laughs) Not really. I have jokes, but I won't. I won't make them. (laughs) His mother. But you imagine if he's an alligator body with the. Okay. His mother, his only remaining friend, tried to cheer him up by bringing him his favorite foods. Cheese, yucca, some rum-soaked breads. But alas, alligator man shall not live by bread alone. In time, his mother passed away, and having no reason to go on, El Hombre came and cast himself onto the waters to be washed out to sea. So dramatic. It's so dramatic. Did he make it? Not quite, according to the fishermen at the mouth of the Magdalena on the Caribbean, which is where the city of Plato is situated. They still keep watch for El Hombre Cayman swimming around the marshy waters, keeping his eyes out for the ladies. And to this day, once a year, they celebrate this tragic creature by throwing a fiesta for him on the feast day of St. Sebastian. It's a beautiful story. It's a, it's, it's a very fascinating and bizarre story. So bizarre. But I just realized I've been to the Cayman Islands, and Cayman Islands means alligator islands, and now I never want to go back. <laughs> so Cayman is spelled C-A-I-M-A with the dash over it. N. Okay, so it's spelled different. Yeah. Um, but there are two versions of the story. This is the one that was the, the most interesting to me. But then there's a second version of the story. It's a story of forbidden love and that he wanted to go to great lengths to pursue it and basically just like became this. Um, it was a full circle story. That version is the one. There's a museum, I believe, in the in somewhere in the middle of, in the middle of the United States where they have an alligator man on display. And it's said to be him. Okay. I like the pervert story better. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's the story of the alligator man. And um, it, it's such an interesting thing because they do celebrate him. There are photos of yeah. these giant floats of this half man, half alligator that exists um, on this 
feast day of uh, St. Sebastian. So there you have it, folks. There you have it. Apparently you can be the villain and still get your own parade. (laughs) It is like a Disney fairy tale. Literally. (laughs) Captain Hook, he's got his own ship in the Disney parade. Come on. That's what I kept thinking of with that alligator clock thingy. Super interesting. So anyway. Loved it. Very, very much. Um, Let's throw it over to the commercials. Nailed it. And um, I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time, streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shutter is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Do you have big dreams and think you'd love to run your own business? You might see a need in your community or the world that you think you can help fill. Or maybe you just really crave the freedom to work from when and where you want. I'm Jackie Pretzman, and I help women to create businesses they love. I've partnered with Oddity Files to bring you details about Dream Business Bootcamp, my online course to kickstart your business in six weeks. In the course, we cover everything from getting clear on your business idea to creating and pricing your first offering, getting your business online, and then actually attracting ideal customers who want to pay you for what you do. Now, Dream Business Bootcamp is opening for enrollment this month, and Kitsy has something special to share just for Oddity Files listeners. She's right, guys. I do. Here's your special link for Jackie's Dream Business Bootcamp. Go to tinyurl.com slash dreambusinessbootcamp today. Thanks, Jackie. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, We've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost-effective there, and this store is so easy to navigate. 
What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormal x road. That's the letter X. This all female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of 10, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. I got nothing today. I took two Benadryl when I went to sleep last night and my whole fucking day's been off. It's ridiculous. And we're back. Okay, so I have a story and it has to do with the most... (laughs) 
Boy, I'm just plugging the shit out of Paranormal Crossroads today. Uh, it has to do with the most recent episode of Paranormal Crossroad. For those of you that have enjoyed this episode, uh, where fellow listener Evan Scott recounts the phone calls from his grandfather, Gene, after he had been dead for a bit. And those of you who haven't seen it, head on over to Paranormal X Road on YouTube or go back a few episodes. We, we actually told the story on this podcast as well. But it got me thinking about people calling people after they're dead. I kind of wish that, you know... I had a phone to talk to the dead. It sounds kind of magical. So I Googled it. And um, this crazy, morbid story from the scene of the 2008 Metrolink train disaster should be right up everybody's alley. And that story goes a little something like this. Charles E. Peck's Metrolink death is one of the most prominent and creepy stories about phone calls from dead people. Peck was killed instantly where a total of 25 people died and a hundred... Let me take this, Halls, out of my mouth. <laughs> Struggle bus. Okay. Where a total of 25 people died and 135 were injured. But before anyone knew Peck was dead, his family members received 35 calls from his phone for several hours following the disaster. Whether it was due to phone damage or the train rider reaching out from beyond, we may never know. But it's nice to believe that even those who have passed are only a phone call away. 49-year-old Charles Peck worked for Delta Airlines. He was considering leaving his job in Salt Lake City for a job in Van Nuys, California, to be closer to his fiance. Andrea Katz, and had an interview there. Although the couple was ready to get married, the fact that they didn't live in the same state was an issue, as a, you know one can imagine. <laughs> then the disaster occurred. Katz was on her way to pick him up from the train station when she heard the news of the accident on the radio. Peck had three children from a previous marriage, one of whom was on his afterlife phone call list. Andrea heard about the crash on the radio as she was driving to pick him up from the train station and was relieved when she received a phone call from his phone. Other friends and family members of Katz were in the same position. After the crash, Peck's phone placed calls to his son, his sister, his brother, and his stepmother. In all, about 35 calls were made during the 11 hours that followed the accident, According to one source, the final call from Peck's phone came at 3.28 a.m., about one hour before his body was found. That's fucking creepy. At first, Peck's loved ones were excited when they saw his name pop up on their phone screens. As the calls continued, they had hope that he was still alive and trapped within the rubble of the crash. Unfortunately, they were unable to actually talk to him all they heard when they answered his calls was static. However, Andrea, his fiance, used the opportunity to communicate with her fiance and to let him know that she was with him, shouting messages of encouragement like, hang in there, baby, we're going to get you out. You're going to be okay. Before rescue workers discovered Charles 
Peck's body in the wreckage, they had no reason not to believe the calls placed to his family meant he was alive. As it became clear, they probably weren't going to find any survivors in the crash. Their rescue efforts turned into a mission of recovering bodies. But when yet another call came from Peck's phone, they decided to trace it and find his location. Unfortunately, they discovered his body and knew that he had died upon impact. Police never revealed whether Peck's phone was found or not. Rescue workers were able to locate Charles Peck's body successfully. His phone, to this day, they don't think it was even ever discovered. It's possible that it was completely destroyed in the disaster or damaged to the point of malfunctioning. But why it made calls to several of the people that Peck was the closest to, nobody will ever know. Perhaps he was reaching out to tell his loved ones not to worry or maybe to say goodbye. Maybe he took it with him into the afterlife like ghosts who are seen in the clothes they were wearing when they passed. God, I hope we can't bring cell phones to the afterlife. <laughs> Could you be, imagine? That would be terrible. Uh, since the rescue team was able to trace the calls to locate his body, maybe Peck was simply leading them to it. No one will ever know for sure. So this story may forever remain a mystery. And big shout out to Ranker.com for doing all the hard work on that story for me today. What did I just do? Shit. View. Um, shit. I can't see. Can you see, hear me still? Okay. Yeah. I expanded my pages and, and I lost everything. <laughs> you heard it here live, folks. You did. That's that's gutsy shit right there. But yeah, so super interesting. Um, I know I've, I think that's why Evan had sent in his story about his grandpa calling him after he died was because I had done a story in the past on this and, and it was just kind of a, oh, here's like 10 stories of people who received uh, calls from the dead. But this one just went into a little more detail about that actual story. And so, I mean, we've talked in the past multiple times about the idea of, of radio waves playing a part in the connection of realms that could exist uh, spiritually and physically and they're mm -hmm. sort of being this space in between that allows that connection so the fact that all the calls came so quickly over a matter of time like yeah super super interesting and I, and I do think there's something there because I the concept of radio waves scientifically speaking leave a lot uh, open as yeah. far as what can travel through radio waves um, so, I mean, I get some of my most prominent ghost hunting evidence from a spirit box. That's a radio scanning radio stations really, really fast. So yep. I believe it. I have one story left people. That's oh, one, oh, one story. And it is from our good friend, Evan, that I was just talking about. Oh, look at it. Everything he, full circle. Yep. He actually sent in an urban legend because we did a call out of like, you know, stories the babysitter told us or creepy urban legends in your area. So I'm yes. super excited. 
I am for what Evan. Thank you. I <laughs> I love it. I I think I I'm I'm so happy that he did it and he's leading by example. So everyone else, listen real close to this one because you could send one in as well. Yeah. And it, it's going to be great. And I know this one's going to be great because Evan wrote it. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Send those stories in. OddityFilesCrew at gmail.com. So Evan starts up with, what's up, everybody? It's Evan again, this time with a local legend and one of my experiences with one of my hometown's most famous hauntings. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of my last visit to the Edna Collins Bridge. So what better way to celebrate than to share the tragic story of the landmark with you? <clears throat> Get my pipes all cleared. Evan's really good at this. Okay. Putnam County, Indiana is known for its covered bridges. So much so there's a giant festival named after them. But one near Greencastle is by far the most famous, now known as the Edna Collins Bridge. Most people assume the name once belonged to a young girl who was found dead in the water beneath it. While there are disagreements among researchers what her name was, most people refer to her as Edna simply out of convenience. I'll do that here just to keep things simple. But if anyone can remember or is willing to find out any of her possible real names, I would appreciate it. The story goes that Edna Collins was playing in the creek below a covered bridge like she always did after school. Her parents would drive onto the bridge, honk three times, and Edna would come running up the embankment to join her family in the car. One day, however, Edna didn't come up from the creek. Some accounts say that a dog came running up to the car, possibly one belonging to the Collins family. All versions of this story agree that after waiting a worrying amount of time, Edna's parents got out of the car and found their little girl floating face down in the creek. She was dead, and nobody knew why. She could have simply slipped and drowned or got a head injury, a fact that brings back memories of the Bridge of Terabithia? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But many reports claim no evidence of this was found. Some believe she was murdered with varying ideas on who and why. All anyone can agree on is the car, the honks, and the dead girl. And that's where the ritual of the Edna Collins Bridge was born. Like any legend, the ritual has different forms depending on who you ask. But all are similar with only a few minor differences. I'll share the one I've attempted one some of my early on some of my earlier visits to start you must get in a vehicle with at least two seats preferably a car but a truck suv or van will do besides the driver it doesn't matter who else is in the car as long as at least one seat is empty for you know who sometime in the evening because edna is waiting for her parents to get off work drive onto the bridge shut off the headlights and the car, put the keys on the floor near the driver's feet, honk three times, and wait. In the version of the ritual I went by, this is when a ghostly dog is supposed to appear at the end of the bridge in front of your car, charge toward the vehicle, and growl. If you don't get scared off, it'll disappear, supposedly, because it's decided that you're not going to hurt Edna. 
wait a few more minutes, and the story claims Edna will either appear outside the car, confused because you aren't her parents, or she'll suddenly materialize directly in the car, occupying the seat you left empty for her. Some versions claim she'll do this before you leave and disappear once you cross the bridge. Others say you won't even realize she's there until you drive away. Suddenly hearing a little girl in the passenger's seat say, this isn't the way home. Oh, creepy. (laughs) creepy. (laughs) Okay. I've been to the bridge a few times and attempted a couple versions of the ritual and have never seen anything. But I always get a strong feeling that I'm not supposed to be there. The best way I can describe the feeling is if I'm being told, if you can't help me, leave me alone. Maybe one day someone will come along and can discover the truth about who the girl is and what happened to her. And I, for one, would be very appreciative. I'm sure there's a lot of other people in Putnam County who would agree. Now let's finish this off with my most recent visit, just so anyone interested in seeing this for themselves knows what to expect. To start things off, you're going to need a GPS to help you find your way to the sucker. (laughs) I and another local, both of us going to the bridge more than once, got lost showing it to some new residents. When we finally found it, the bridge is nestled smack dab in the middle of a well-lit, upscale, rural neighborhood. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Fancy houses, a stupid amount of streetlights preventing any stargazing whatsoever, in parentheses, and yes, I'm bitter. And enough manicured shrubbery to hide the creek entirely. And then the road seems to end into pitch black darkness. A void that seems impossible with the streetlight shining on either side. Drive forward about 10 feet and bam, the whole bridge is suddenly visible. At this point, myself and the other local, we'll call her Q, are ready to leave. We've never seen the bridge do that dark void nonsense before, and it terrified us. The out-of-towners A and W thought it was cool and started to drive onto the bridge. Q and I both refused. Something was wrong. A and W got out of the car and walked onto the bridge. Q, sitting in the back seat, slid onto the floor and looked away. She didn't see W completely disappear in the darkness. A shined flashlight down the bridge looking for W. But the flashlight seemed utterly useless against the darkness. I can only describe it as unnatural. It was at this point that I noticed the mirrors on the car were adjusting themselves. I never mentioned this to anyone, just stuck my head out of the window and as calmly as I could lied and said we should leave because I had to pee. I could totally see myself doing that. (laughs) A and W got back into the car. Q stayed tucked under the back seat and W decided to floor it across the bridge. I thought I was lying about needing to pee. Turns out I wasn't, but I didn't have to anymore. Sorry about those seats, W. As soon as we got across the bridge, it was a bright and starry night with a shining full moon. This just did not make sense to me. The sky was pitch black in the neighborhood on the other side of the bridge. These covered bridges are at their longest, maybe 100 feet long, not nearly enough distance to cancel out light pollution from that neighborhood. 
Maybe a scientist can explain some weird way light behaves with a large object between you and the light source, but something like that has never happened any of the other thousand times I'd looked at the night sky. I'm now convinced Edna or whoever lives in the bridge likes it dark and makes sure no light gets through until you've left the domain. I think she's tired of tourists bothering her for her own amusement, and that's how she keeps them away. I hope you enjoyed this story of one of my hometown's ghosts. It's one of the few located on public land. So if any of you want to visit there, it's no hassle besides finding the damn thing. And if any paranormal investigators out there are willing to get to the bottom of what happened to Edna Collins, or if that's even her real name, I, for one, would be extremely grateful. Whoever she is, I don't think she's happy about her situation. Signed, Cicadas Are Annoying, Evan Scott. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm so glad that this was the story you told because I had stumbled ap- across this somewhere under local legends for different places in the United States when I was doing some research a few weeks ago, and I almost did this story. Oh, get out. Yeah. So I'm so glad that... that he, of course, he submitted it in great detail because he's Evan. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. So uh, it's, it's, yeah, super interesting. The whole dog thing is just so oh, eerie. So and the, and the, I, I love stuff like that. So, yay, Evan. Please, everyone else, follow Evan's lead and send us shit like that because that's just as fun, too. Absolutely. One million percent. I I feel like I was called out at the end of that story for a paranormal investigator to find out who's really haunting the bridge. And if I if I didn't hate investigating outside so much, (laughs) I would love to give her her due diligence. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I feel like she she needs to tell her story. You know, I think she's there for a reason. And that story needs to be told. I don't know. I might have to be talked into it. Uh, We'll see. Um, (laughs) Send us your stories, you cool cats and kittens. It's oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Urban legends, uh, weird shit the babysitter told you, campfire stories are all welcome as well as, of course, your own personal stories. I love how Evans was the perfect mix of the two. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening and know that we really, really, truly appreciate each and every one of you. You guys coming through with the stories when we need them. <clears throat> I'm out, by the way. Um, and, and just listening every week. And I, I love when we get messages on the social medias. Hey, I just started listening. Or, hey, this is my Friday night ritual is to make dinner and listen to Oddity Files podcast. That's That's our absolute favorite thing. So, no, we appreciate you. We really, truly appreciate our executive producers, Donald Blanchflower, Ryan Hoke, and Doug Malden-Locke. And on that note, tweet it a bitch, because I'm Kitsy Duncan. Weird as a new cool. (laughs) And I'm Nick Floyd, ghost on. I didn't say it this episode, so I had to throw that in I know you had to throw it in. It was necessary. (laughs) Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed Network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files, a three-season investigative paranormal show. 
Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of Oddity Files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay, go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller. <laughs>